Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fellas. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 95. Today we're talking about how we manage grocery shopping and meal planning in a limited kitchen space. This episode would be good for all of you studio apartment people, (laughs) full-time RVers. Any tiny living, really. First, I know you're sick of hearing it, but five episodes away from 100, and we want to hear you on the podcast. So pause this one, go on your phone, and type in thefeolas.com slash message. And when you go there, you're going to see a yellow button that says leave a message. And you're just going to type in your name, your email, and you're going to leave us a message of a question that you want to hear on the podcast in five episodes. If you do not want to hear your question, like hear you saying the question, just tell us. We will say your question. We will read your question. We won't uh, play your voice. We'll beep out your name. (laughs) Also, if you need any show notes for this episode, it's thefailas.com slash 95. And let's get started. What are some tips about tiny living in a tiny kitchen? The first thing you need to do is really figure out what you truly need and what you can live without. This is a huge one. Can you live without your... Your French your, press. Yeah. <laughs> or your, uh, your what is that, mixer? <laughs> KitchenAid. Oh, yeah, KitchenAid <laughs> dough hook. Yeah. I did, I, I kept mine, just so you know. It's still in my storage unit. I'm not willing to get rid of it. So we kept it, but we didn't bring it along. I have Tony's big O arms to We've do We've really only probably truly needed it like once or twice. Yeah. Although it looks good on the counter. but <laughs> Not our counters. There's nope. not enough. So that is a big step in this process is trying to decide what you really need um, and what you can't live without. And the things that um, the things you can't live without are the things that you're going to probably go with when you're tiny living. One way to do that is to use the one month rule. If you haven't used it in the last month, do you really need it? Excluding holiday stuff. Yeah. So we have a couple things like, for example, our oilless um, air turkey fryer, fryer yeah. turkey fryer. We only use that a couple times a year, but it's amazing we're keeping it, you know, Yeah. because when we do use it, it's great. <laughs> Fortunately for it, uh, it has its own special awkward garage space that we really never used for anything else. And it a- happens to fit perfect in there. So that's where it lives. Otherwise, it would probably be too awkward or cumbersome to put in another space. But if there's other things that you don't use very often, like, you know, your sandwich maker <laughs> or... Yeah, uh, like a panini press, yeah. panini maker or something. You use it, but maybe like once every few months, it might not be worth it. A good tip for that is to invest in an item that serves multiple functions. Like a Dutch oven. Yeah, or multi-purpose knives instead of, you know, specific knives for specific things. I didn't even know that was a thing. I just use the same knife for everything anyways. <laughs> well, you have like a bread knife, for example. 
Do you really need a bread? I knife? tear bread. <laughs> Who cuts bread? No, I'm just kidding. We actually got rid of our oven stove um, because it's propane. It took this huge section. Uh, you know, we were able to remove that out of our cabinets and save this huge space that we use for other stuff. Well, it's a good spot for our air fryer. Yeah, we use that space for other things, and now we just have an induction on top, an induction stove. Yeah, and that sits right in the countertop, and where the oven used to be is a big space to hold our air fryer, our crock pot, other items that we might need to put in there. Sometimes the toaster finds a home there. <laughs> Sometimes it finds a home somewhere else, so... One thing we want to replace is we are thinking about getting one of those air fryers with, like, the bigger doors, the double doors. That's going to go in there. Um, but that'll take the place of a toaster and everything anyway. Yep. So it works out good. Speaking of our air fryer and all of that, some good gadgets that we have um, that work in multiple ways. So you're able to use them for more than one thing is our Ninja air fryer. So I think there's, like, bake dehydrate it's, it yeah. does like a ton of different things it's a uh, um I, we've had it for like almost four years it's a ninja foodie grill it's the five in one so it has five different functions that you can use to cook stuff and it's honestly amazing it's probably the best air fryer i've ever seen used um in fact it makes me a little nervous to get a new air fryer just because we've gotten so lucky with this one yeah i have to like learn all learn over again because this one is nice because it's like a more of like a, I guess, clamshell one. It opens from the top versus having like the tray. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of them have like the little tray or basket that you slide out. I like this one because it is very versatile. Like we bake in it all the time. We've baked brownies, cakes, cookies, all kinds of stuff. And we also grill stuff. Like it has the grill plate that fits in there. It's perfect. Yeah, we use it a lot for a lot of different things. And it, I think it works really good. It's not your normal air fryer. Yep. What's crazy, too, is before that, we actually had a device. Do you remember that thing? Yeah, the cruising art? Yeah. What was that? Like an oven? Is that what it was? I guess. Yeah. It was smaller, and it made, like, you know, we put camping potatoes in it a lot. Yep. We could cook chicken and stuff in it, I think. Yeah, but it was small, so yeah. we couldn't cook a lot. But I think that was really good, too, and we got really, we had really good luck with that as well. Um, and then we swapped it out and got this, and I just, I love this thing. We use this thing all the time. Yep. Another thing that we loved is our Blackstone griddle. Yeah, this we is... We use that uh, probably daily. Yeah, it's helpful for, you know, for example, French toast. You really need to cook French toast on a griddle just to make it faster and easier. Otherwise, you're going to be making it all day. It's perfect on the Blackstone because you can fit them all on there, but yet you don't have this huge griddle in your house that you only use for French toast. Which we had an electric <laughs> griddle for a while. Remember yeah. that? And that was handy, but uh, if you try to cook bacon, it's very messy because it's very splattery. Mm -hmm. And it's you don't use it for very many things, so yep. it's it's a, it's huge. It takes up a lot of space, and you don't use it very much. So instead, having a griddle outside works really good. Now, I would love to have a grill with like the what what like an actual grill. Yeah, Not outside. Grill. Yeah, that would be nice, but. We compromise and we have a griddle because it does both, right? You can cook your steaks on it. Yep. Um, but you can also cook French toast on it. I've even, I mean, and it's excellent for bacon. Yeah, we've made brownies on it. I can bake on it. I've kind of figured out a technique to bake on it. 
and you really can't do that as well with the actual grill. So um, sometimes you got to compromise a little bit, but who knows? Maybe we will get some kind of grill. We do have a little camping grill that we use in our Jeep. But you still have to use a pot or a pan. Oh, yeah, true, true. Another useful, versatile tool is a Instant Pot. Yes. We had a we had and used the Instant Pot for a long time. I think we actually got rid of that when we got the Ninja Foodi Grill because it did a lot of the stuff we used that for, other yeah. than the Quickness. pressure cooking. <laughs> but um, there are de- devices out there that do it all. They do air frying, yeah, pressure now, cooking, all the stuff. Yeah. Now you can get it all in one yep. for sure. I think the Ninja actually has yep. um, an Instant Pot. And air fryer and all that in one. One of our favorite easy tools to use in the kitchen is our crock pot. Yeah, it's cheap. It was cheap. (laughs) It's one of those things where you don't have to do a lot to cook. You just throw stuff in it and go away. And we have a smaller one. It, you know, it stays out of the way. And then when we're using it, obviously, we can um, just push it off to the side. Yeah, I think it's a maybe like a six quart or something. It's, It's one of the smaller ones. It was like. It was, it was so cheap. It was like 15 bucks. And then I mentioned earlier that we do want to get the new air fryer with the double doors. That'll be exciting when we get that. Um, just because it will take the, you know, it has an actual home. We don't have to bring it out. And Yeah. It um, doesn't take up any counter space. Yeah. It's actually in its own Where uh, the oven used cavity. to be. Yeah. yeah. And then, then we'll actually get rid of the toaster as well, which would be nice. One of our favorite gadgets is that oilless air fryer that we mentioned earlier, but luckily it has its own home as well. But this gadget is really um, our way of making like turkeys, ribs, all of those things can be made in that. Yeah, and it uh, you can get multiple accessories to cook other things, smaller things versus like just the turkey basket, which I cook turkeys and ribs. You can get little trays that fit in there in like like a multi-level basket. People cook chicken and all kinds of different meats in there. And it's nice because it's propane, Mm -hmm. not electric or anything like that. Yeah, it hooks right up to, you know, your propane that you would use for your grill. Yep. One thing to think about is when you are um, buying your utensils, they normally come in like a set. You know, you get five or six or seven different things. And a lot of times you don't use all of those things. So what I recommend doing is getting individuals. So if you need a spatula, just buy the spatula. If you need a whisk, just get a whisk. Don't get like the whole set. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they come in like three three or four different sizes. Chances are you really only will ever use the one. Yeah. Like that one size that you're comfortable with. And you know what? If you lived in a house and you had tons of storage, maybe you would use four spoons. But in your house, in your RV, you can make do with the one spoon. (laughs) In our house, we had four whisks of different sizes. (laughs) We had five, six spatulas of different sizes and different materials. Some of them were metal. Some were plastic. You know, that comes down to like the the types of pans we use now. They're usually all nonstick. So we have to use like plastic or rubber coated or uh, silicone or whatever. What's really funny though is now that we've lived like this, even when we do buy a house, I'm going to be more like picky on what we get and put in because I hate yeah, that drawer full of yeah. utensils. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You always have that drawer that's just packed full of useless stuff or just stuff that rarely ever gets used. And another thing about that. If you're, if you're not going to buy a set, if you're going to buy just one specific tool, 
spend a little extra on it so it's good quality. Yes. When you get those sets, the spoons are awful and the spatulas are always gross. Like floppy. Floppy. I hate a floppy spatula. (laughs) So if you're buying a single one, you can, you know, get a nice sturdy one. And actually, um, I will link in the show notes, but you can sometimes get some really good quality utensils from like the restaurant um, wholesale places, which I find um, are pretty good. So I'll, I'll share a couple links in the show notes for those. Another great way to save space in a tiny kitchen is to use collapsible utensils like our measuring cups. We have, I think, four measuring cups that collapse flat. So uh, they kind of like, they came with like a little ring to connect them all, but we never had used that. We took them all apart. So they kind of like fit in their different spots in the drawer. Those are nice. Uh, we have a collapsible strainer. So instead of having this big, huge strainer for like our fruits and veggies and noodles and all that stuff, uh, it collapses pretty flat and goes upright in a, in a skinny drawer. You can also have collapsible bowls. I mean, they have tons of cool ways now to make those big, bulky things smaller. Yep. Another tip is to resist the as-seen-on-TV tools. These are normally single-use gadgets, you know, cutting a pineapple. Yeah. Cutting an avocado. (laughs) I think we had all those things. Yeah. At the house. At the house. A salad spinner. Yep. You know, these are all things that are nice and whatever, but they really only do um, one thing. Uh, It doesn't make a lot of sense for small living and to be frank, it doesn't make a lot of sense to clutter up your house either. I was never unless a fan you, of the salad spinner anyways. No, but unless you eat pineapple like all the time, then maybe it is worth it. Yeah, but, but uh, as far as that goes, like I always thought when I was coring that pineapple and it was it was making the spiral and I'd pull it out, I always thought to myself, it's wasting so much pineapple. Like yeah. if I used a knife <laughs> and a cutting board, I can get so much more pineapple. Yep, I agree. So... It's one of those things. You just got to weigh your options there. You should definitely question each purchase um, a little bit more than you would if you have a house. You know, if you have a house with a lot of storage, you can say, yeah, this panini machine is really cool. We should get it because we do like to eat them, I think. Right? Well, when you live in an RV, you might want to think a little harder before buying that machine. Um, We had one in the house. It was good. We used it a few times. Well, we also had a quesadilla maker, and we also had, you know, (laughs) the list goes on and on and on. You have all those little gadgets that literally are one thing, a waffle maker. Yeah. I actually think we should get a waffle maker now, like a little one. (laughs) No. So those are some good tips to get you started. Now let's talk about storage and trying to keep that clutter down. Um, The biggest thing is to make, for us at least, is to try to keep as much stuff off our counter as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do have a kettle, a tea kettle, that, you know, at different times of my tea drinking experiences, I have put that tea kettle away each time. Now I actually have a nice one that looks good out on the counter and we keep it out. Um, I use it all the time, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to put it away anymore. Um, And not only do we use it for your tea, we use it for like boiling water for uh, oatmeal and that kind of thing. Yep. And like other things, like when you're boondocking, sometimes you use it just to get hot water fast. Yep. So, I mean, it's definitely useful and we use it all the time. 
That is the only thing that sits on the counter, along with our paper towel. Now, for paper towel, you can get the one that goes on the wall. Which we had before. Yes. Just Tony didn't like it, and so we went with a countertop one now, and it's fine. And those are the only things we keep on the counter. The rest of the stuff we put away. And the one thing that I do like about the paper towel holder that we have now, it's more of like like a little pedestal type of deal. You slide the paper towel over it so it's upright. We can put it anywhere we want. If we're having some sort of dinner meal, uh, we can set it over on the table. Like if we're having ribs for dinner and it's super messy, yeah, we can throw it over on the table and it's there. It actually might make sense to put it on the table all the time. Yeah. In some RVs, you can have those foldable extensions on the counter that come up to help give you more room. You see these a lot in fifth wheels and in um, the trailers and stuff. It like opens over the door. Yeah, I've seen where the some. door is, yep. which is really neat. We used to have a different sink and granite countertops, and the granite had like a piece that went over the sink. Yep. Yeah, it was like the sink was an under the counter sink so it had the covers that fit into it so if we needed all that extra space and weren't going to use the kitchen sink we could cover it completely now we actually have to have something separate to sit on top of the sink yeah we have a different sink and because we put in the butcher block but all those kind of things increase your like workspace that's really nice Um, and it just depends on what you need now we have our induction like off to the side in our sink and you have quite a bit of room there to work yeah um so really we don't have a need for having extra space uh over the sink but it's not hard to do like you could just put a cutting board across it and then you have extra working space and speaking of cutting boards instead of having like the big bulky thick wood or heavy duty cutting boards we tend to use like the some of the plastic ones we have a pampered chef one that's super thin yeah. More of like a flexible one. Those are nice. Um, you can get the bamboo ones that are fairly light if you're worried about weight savings. So they're kind of thin and still pretty durable. Bamboo is like a great material for that. And just having a couple of those work great. Um, you don't need a ton. Yep. And they, they store nice uh, upright. Like in the, we have a skinny cupboard under the sink and they slide right in there perfect. It's good to like constantly evaluate your kitchen items and your setup too because you could always change things out keeping an eye on those like do we really need this item Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know have we used this lately Uh, a good example of that is we bought a mixer when we had this great idea to make our own dog food that was a kick we did for a while yeah which was very hard to do in a rv which required two unique uh, (laughs) kitchen utensils we had like a electric kettle like for like a stew kettle yeah deal, and a food processor yeah and then we got rid of the kettle i was fine with that because we didn't really use that for anything else but the food processor i'm like this thing could be useful we could use this and it could be we totally could have made salsa we could have made like all these cool things but we never did use it so we got rid of it sadly (laughs) But it's always good to like, you know, look back in your kitchen, go through your cabinets and just make sure that you're not like holding on to things you don't use. Yeah. We've rearranged our setup several times since we've been on the road. Oh, yeah. Just like where we're organizing stuff, where we're putting stuff. One thing you can do for spice racks is they have the one, you know, they have different spice racks that go on the walls and those are great. I don't like those. I don't like having my spice spices out. 
Um, you can put them in drawers. We just have a basket. We actually have two baskets up in our cabinet. Yeah. Um, and we have one that's like commonly used spices and then one that's like not as many. Yeah, exactly. Like we don't use them as much. Plus we, we have like kind of a hodgepodge of spice brands and stuff. Bottles. So, yeah. And they're all different sizes. And I think putting them out on the wall would kind of like look cheesy. Tacky, yeah. Tacky. Unless you moved all the spices into like glass jars or and something. That's not my style. <laughs> yeah. I like to just grab, you know, I like to just buy it and bring it home, put it in my cupboard. <laughs> Another tip here for storage would be using vertical space and hanging organizers. Um, that really is helpful when you don't have a lot of room. Another one is square containers. So like, you know, the containers you put your flour and your sugar and all that in. Um, we actually had round ones before, and that's really silly <laughs> because you have square cabinets. Yep. I don't actually know why um, they ever made round <laughs> containers, well, to be honest. <laughs> most of ours, like the round ones that we had in the RV were all were in the house before. But still, even in your house, you have but square cabinets. But if they're sitting on a shelf, it doesn't matter. True, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I just think the square looks better. Yeah. But so we ended up buying square containers for all of that. They fit so much better in the cabinets. Um, same size, everything. They fit better, though. Another thing we got are long, I don't know, horizontal. What are those things? How would you explain those? We're going to link all of this in the show notes. But they are Tupperwares or like storage containers that are long instead of tall. Yeah, exactly. They have like a airtight seal on them, which is really nice. And we have these long horizontal ones. They We actually have a long slender cabinet that sits next to the refrigerator. And those, we can fit like three of those on top of each other on each like shelf, yeah. which is nice. Where when you get the taller ones, they don't fit as well. So we actually put our cereal in those as well, which was kind of weird and the kids and you still complain about it a little bit but before we could fit like one thing of cereal in there and now we can fit three so yeah. <laughs> i'm much happier <laughs> so finding containers that fit in your cabinets is very very important this is like i'm gonna i'll link the ones that we have but they might not fit in your cabinets i would definitely do research on this this is probably the most important thing because mm -hmm. we have dealt with storage containers that didn't fit at all for so long and now I'm just like this is so easy like yep. why did we not do this we have our snacks in this one we have our breakfast bars in these <laughs> everything is organized um, and later on we'll talk about packaging this helps with that as well and I don't know why but it's like a it's definitely a trend in the amongst all the RV manufacturers they make like super tall storage spaces in like weird spaces or spots and they make they if they give you a shelf, they might give you one shelf, so you have a ton of dead space, you know, yeah. above. That's where little shelves can come in handy. Like you can add on shelves. Um, you can buy like uh, racks mm -hmm. that are made for that to utilize that dead space above. So that comes in handy too. And you can build shelves in too, or even build them. Yeah. Another thing we added for storage is we have these baskets that are above our trash can. They're like screwed right onto the wall. They're very helpful. You can put like your fruit in there. We put our bread in there. We have two of them with like a little, it has a nice little wooden shelf on it. Some of our veggies that don't require refrigeration, they can sit up there and be fine. All right, let's jump into pantry and fridge. First tip is try to find ingredients that can be used in multiple dishes. 
So if you're using mozzarella cheese in a couple or in a dish that week, try to find two dishes. Yep. So for example, baked spaghetti and pizza might be a good option that week. Another tip is to check and organize your pantry to ensure older items are being used first. This is really important. Actually, um, we've cleaned out our cabinets multiple times and there was like stuff that's like a year old. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh just my because gosh. It, yeah, because it found a home in the back of the cupboard and we just kind of just wrote, never rotated. Yeah. A lot of times in RVs, you have these really awkward cabinets and some of them are deep and long. Yep. And you don't even see what's back there. So adding in like those little like lights are helpful. So you can see, um, you know, like the battery powered or whatever lights that you can just add in so you can see all the way back. I know one time, Tony, you had three mustards. Yeah. (laughs) It's like not something we use. It's it's not something we need three for. No, no. But they were up on a, you know, the top shelf in a skinny pantry. And they got pushed all the way to the back. And uh, it was just one of those things where I'd look in the fridge. And I'd grab the mustard and it was almost empty. So I added it to our shopping list instead yeah. of going to the cupboard to look for an extra. Yeah, it was so funny. I know one day you're like, Alexa, add mustard. And I'm like, why? We literally have three of them. And you're like, no, we don't. I did that with ranch recently, too. I bought a ranch and brought it home and uh, was putting it away in our extra storage space for ranch. <laughs> And there was already two up there. So I had to add that to our shopping list and say, we do not need ranch for a while. (laughs) Just so you see that. So, yeah, just in case. That is actually a tip. Um, We have one cabinet that's above our TV. Um, It's kind of an awkward shape. And we don't like to use it for certain things because when we're boondocking or when we're traveling, we can't get in this cabinet with the slide shut. So it's not a good one to have food in. Just because, you know, if we need something when we're cooking, we can't get to it. Yep. Um, so we put baking stuff in it, like cupcake stuff and things like that in there. But we also, it also holds our extra stuff. So our extra ranch, our extra, you know, like Condiment anything that we're stuff, buying, yeah. anything extra for, it goes in there. All right. So let's jump into the shopping part of the pantry and fridge. One tip is to shop more frequently. Number one, this helps get fresher items. So you're you're eating better by shopping more frequently, um, but using less bulk items that clog up your storage space. You can opt for space-saving packaging, or you can just remove the packaging when you get home. That's my favorite thing to do. So, Yeah, we have a lot of freezer stuff that uh, we'll take out of the box. And just, if it's, you know, obviously if it's stored in a bag, we can just put the bag in there. If there's any type of specific cooking instructions, sometimes we take a picture of it. Other times, most of the time, we can just figure it out. Yeah, it's not complicated. Yeah. So uh, by removing an item out of a box and leaving it in the bag and put it in the freezer, it saves us a ton of space. Or we'll put it in like a vacuum seal bag yep. and then just keep re-vacuuming, you know, vacuum sealing it <laughs> yep. if it's something. Um, but yeah, that saves a ton of space. Another thing we do, which I think is really cool, is, and this is a new thing that we started, we have a tote that fits in or fits in the back room under our bed. Um, And we put extra stuff in there. So, for example, we go to Costco, we get like two or three different things, snacky things that take up, obviously, in a house, wouldn't be a big deal. But in, you know, in our little tiny cabinets, it takes up a lot of room. So if you get like, I don't know how many, 45 things of Ritz crackers, Mm. 
or uh, <laughs> or if you get like the little like muffins, you know, it's like 12 bags or 20 bags. You don't need all of those in your cabinet. Um, so what we do is we have a couple snack cabinet um, or snack bins or containers um, that we use in our cabinet. And then what we do is we have that bin in the back room that we just kind of fill it up. So we put like three bags of muffins, a couple Rice Krispie treats in there, some, some brownies, granola bars, yeah, yeah, some granola bars, and then all the leftovers we stick in the tote that goes in the back room, and then we just fill that up every week, which is really convenient and allows us to have multiple different snacks, but yet not taking up all the room. If you're shopping more frequently for items, a lot of times you can get fresher things. So, what are some tips on finding local and fresh ingredients? The best while traveling because you're not used to your surroundings. So we love going to Harvest Host or staying at Harvest Host, uh, especially the farms and that type of venue, because we've purchased eggs, we've had we've purchased meats, we've purchased sheep's milk. Yeah. So when you stay at a Harvest Host, they recommend that you spend twenty or thirty dollars. Yep. Um, so it actually works out in your favor because you're getting something that you need. Um, it's better for you than just buying it at the store um, and you get a free night stay. Another way to get fresher f- food is go to local farms. Yeah. If you're staying in an area with a lot of agriculture, there's a chance that you can have a variety of farm fresh foods. Yeah. We just got a bag of potatoes. Yeah. Some big old red potatoes. And they're huge. Meat markets is another thing. Um, I hate getting meat. Tony, I complain to Tony all the time. I hate getting meat from Walmart or like, I mean, sometimes the local stores aren't bad, um, but like the bigger grocery stores like Walmart, I just hate buying meat there. It never tastes good, I think. Um, but if you can get it at a local meat market, it tastes much better. And by the way, it's probably fresher. Yeah. <laughs> it makes more sense. And you're helping out a local company. So another cool place is your campground. Our community gardens. Um, we've stayed at a campground in Washington that had a community herb garden. Right there at the campground. That we used with our dinner that night. We've also stayed in areas that had a community garden. So yep. you can go there. And here's the thing with that is you're not really part of the community. Like you're not doing any work there. So if they have like a donation box there or something, I would definitely recommend yep. like adding some money into that or reading the rules. I mean, we've been near some community gardens that they were totally okay with it. I still felt really bad because we're not part of the community. Um, but they were like, go to the community garden and get some tomatoes or something like that. Yeah. So definitely um, check that out. Normally they'll have like a little donation box or something that you can uh, donate to. And you know what a lot of them do? They'll put like a table or a box out, you know, cause the people like to go there, like the neighbors will go there and harvest things. Like the tomatoes, for example, they needed to be harvested, but they don't want them all. So they'll put them out on the table and just anyone can get them. Yeah, like uh, if they have excess. What is that called? A bumper crop? I don't know. Also, farmer's markets. Oh, yeah. Those are really fun to go to as well. Yeah, and a lot of times they have really cool stuff. That's a cool way to support, uh, you know, your local community too. All right, if you're getting all this fresh stuff, you want to make sure it doesn't go to waste. So one big tip is to make sure that your fridge is organized and cleaned. Um, 
If you are in an RV, you may have an RV fridge, so it might be a little bit harder for you. We have a full-size fridge, um, residential fridge in yep. ours, um, and that is like a huge thing that That's we That's a bonus. Needed. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's one of the things that we had to have when we were looking for an RV. You know, making sure it's cleaned and organized so you can see all the stuff in there so none of it, nothing goes to waste. And we just recently got a vacuum sealer and have been using that, which is great because we can get like, if we go to Costco and we get some nuts or something, <laughs> I came home with some pecans and there's like four bags. Tony's like, do we really need four pounds of pecans? <laughs> no, but we have them. <laughs> and they're all vacuum sealed up and nice now. <laughs> but nice thing is you can vacuum seal them, freeze them. We actually uh, put together some trail mix bags and vacuum sealed those and froze them even. So we have those for later. It keeps food fresh longer too. You know, we actually froze some asparagus. Yeah. And it's been working great. We just get out a pack. Like I um, vacuum sealed them in individual packs based on how much we'd have at dinner. We just get out a pack with like a meal and cook it and it's great. Yeah. Tastes good. Yeah, it's easy versus taking a whole bundle like I used to get where where they're banded together and you have to, I I would separate it out and cook some. And then the other half would sometimes just sit there for another week and I'd go to use it and it'd be bad. So, yeah. All right. Let's jump into meal planning. This is probably the most important part when you live in a tiny space. Uh, And the big deal is planning a week's worth of meals to minimize waste. This actually helps be like sustainable as well and eco-friendly. Like this is something that I hope to get better at and better at and that we continue when we buy a house again. And that is plan out your menus that you're going to eat for that week and buy only the groceries that you need for that week. (laughs) I know that a lot of times it's easier to get things in bulk and get it at Costco or whatever. And we do that as well, like especially especially with snacky items and stuff like that. But when it comes to things that go bad, like meat, prop meat, your produce, produce yeah. all of that, it's it makes so much more sense. And maybe this is something that everyone does and we just <laughs> never did it before. But it makes so much more sense to go with like what meals you actually plan on making and getting just those ingredients. So before we would get like all the fruit, like five different fruits, yep. and, and then, then three of them no, would go bad. <laughs> yeah, with no plan uh, for how we were going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the meat, or meat a lot of times can be frozen, so that's not that big of a deal, but, you know, lettuce. You would get, like, gro- you'd go grocery shopping and you'd get lettuce for, like, salad. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else for the salad. <laughs> so now we sit down every Saturday or Sunday and... We make a menu, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for each day of the week coming up. Yep, for each person. So like for lunch and, you know, breakfast, we'll make sure that each person is satisfied with what they're going to get. And then we just get all of the things that we're going to need for each meal. Yeah. And it's not like a set day. You have to have this. It's uh, as far as breakfast and lunch. Dinners are obviously are everybody's going to have the same dinner. But it's one thing that just like, burned me up every single day i'd say okay it's lunchtime and the all three people in my house (laughs) that were getting eat lunch besides me would say what is there yeah now we just have a little menu we look at our menu we decide what we want yeah so much nicer so now it's just much more organized and it's simple 
and everyone can be involved. So the kids actually tell us what they want to eat. So when it comes to lunchtime, you know, Kylie and Lexi can literally look at their menu and pick something and they don't complain ever because they picked everything. And they rarely (laughs) like the same thing for lunch. Like Kylie loves to have like chicken noodle soup for lunch. Lexi or doesn't Lexi ever eat Lexi will that. not eat chicken, chicken noodle <laughs> soup. So Yeah, so this way it's really cool because neither one of them complain. They've picked everything, and we have all of the ingredients to make it because we planned it out ahead of time. Um, something we don't do that well, but I've seen it on different um, people that we follow, like their social media, is like when it comes to buying new food, like the day you go grocery shopping, their refrigerator is like empty. Because they have done this so well. I would love to get to that stage where we are not wasting anything. We still waste a lot of stuff. I waste a lot of food. I think we've gotten way, way better. Yeah, we have. But I think that there's a lot of room there. But one thing I like to do, like for, for our meal plan, as far as dinners go, we'll say, we can say, we, we all agree that we're going to have tacos one night. And we all agree that we're going to have spaghetti one night. That means I'm going to need at least two pounds of burger. I can go buy three, four, five pounds of burger, I can, I, I will bring it home, separate it, vacuum seal it, freeze a few pounds or two pounds, whatever, and then have that fresh meat available for our dinners. Then the, the next week, we don't really have to worry about what meats we're going to get because more than likely I've got something frozen. We can well, just get what, it out. Yeah, what we do is we go through that menu again, and let's say that week we're only having tacos because we have tacos every week. So let's say that week we're only having tacos. We can say, okay, well, we have meat in the fridge or freezer. So we just take out the meat. We don't have to buy it. So we literally go through and say, okay, we're having spaghetti. Do we have meat? Do we have sauce? Do we have noodles? And we just, you know, if we have everything, then we don't buy anything. Yep. Um, but if we don't, you know, if we need something, then we just buy for it. Yeah, then you only have to buy the ingredients that you don't have. So the big tip there, what we're trying to get around to is... Buy only what you need for that week. Obviously, snacks and stuff is going to be a whole different, you know, whole different subject. Those things are going to overlap, um, and you're going to be buying more of those. And that's where that tote tip would come in, or that that strategy comes in handy. And when you're buying just for that week, week's worth of meals, you're also going to be saving money because chances are you're going to have some of the ingredients already in the house. You only have to buy maybe a couple different things for that meal or whatever. One other thing to think about when you're meal planning is how your kitchen is set up. So for us, we only have two burners and our new setup, the old setup, the the burners were horizontal and you had a lot more room. Tony had the great idea to get a vertical one and push it off to the side so it gives him more room on the counter. But now the burners are so close together that it's really hard to have two big pans. Yep. At the same time. So you have to think that out when you're making different meals. You have to make sure that you're planning on how you're making that. So that's just something to think about when you're meal planning. You know, you don't want to have like, it's it's hard. I mean, we can cook spaghetti. So we can have like a meat pan and then the noodle pan. But it is hard to do that. So just keep that in mind and on how your system is set up. If you only have one burner... Um, then it's going to be hard to have, you're going to want to come up with more one pot meals. That's where like some, like an instant pot would would come in handy. We used to do that when we had our instant pot, we'd make a. The uh, meat and the instant pot, mashed potatoes on the stove. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) 
and that or certain certain meals you could cook everything in the instant pot like for example we'd cook the chicken and then you add in yeah like the veggies and the other things noodles or whatever and then you cook it a little longer and it's all in one so that kind of made it a little more handy something to think about when you're dealing with a small kitchen is big meals like thanksgiving dinner um, we make that work. Of course, we're only making it for us, but we have made dinners for like eight. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Eight people. Ten people. We had ten people here. Yeah. So I mean, it is possible still <laughs> to make a bigger meal. I can't believe we fit ten <laughs> ten people in here to yep. be honest, eating a meal. <laughs> um, but yeah. So like, you just have to think about it and like plan it out uh obviously everything can't be cooking at the same time but you don't want anything to be cold so you just have to play that game and think it out ahead of time maybe even write it down yeah that's what i use i use a whiteboard on thanksgiving day (laughs) which is helpful for all of us because we can all help you know you have things crossed off uh we know where things are so it's really easy for us all to join in the fun yep one other huge tip and probably going to be your best one. If you are an RVer and you're traveling, you're not staying in one place, you're probably chasing good weather, which means you can cook outside most times, most days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would say we cook outside probably five days a week. Yeah. Easily. And that's where the Blackstone comes in handy. Um, we have that oilless turkey fryer, depending on what meal we're going to cook, a big meal like that, turkey or ribs or something like that. And we don't do this really as much as we should. I think we should actually start more. That might be a goal for our, you know how we do new goals every year? Yeah. I think we're going to do cooking on the campfire. Yeah. Because I miss campfire cooking. (laughs) Yeah. Before RV life, we were huge tent campers and, uh, when we would go camping for several days, I would cook every meal on the fire. Yeah, and it was nice. So we might get back to something like that. But cooking on the campfire, they have these really cool, um, I actually will link it in the show notes, um, this cast iron Dutch oven that I'm kind of obsessed with <laughs> that you put like coal on and you can cook like roasts in it and pies and oh, just so much cool stuff. I would love to get that and test it out and see how well it works. But cast iron works great on campfires. I mean, you can cook anything out there. Um, some of our favorite things that we use, we cook outside. I mentioned earlier French toast. That's my favorite. That's really easy to cook on griddles, and the Blackstone works perfect for that. Um, I love pizzas in those, like, pizza makers on campfires. Yeah, like so, the little, what are they, like, hobo pie makers or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's Kind of like the clamshell ones. Mm-hmm. We used to make so many different things with those. We used to make little pizzas. We would make grilled cheeses in there. And, yeah, you little know, fruit pies. Yeah. So those are really great to have. They don't take up a lot of space, and they probably are going to fit in something outside anyways. So it's not going to take up room in your kitchen. Yep. Um, your kids are going to love doing it themselves. I mean, it kind of hits all the notches. So that's a fun thing to make outside. We cook almost everything outside. Like, there's very few meals. I mean, we do cook some things inside, obviously, you know, especially like... It depends on the day. Ground beef things. I don't. You don't really cook that outside. No. Nope. Um, but to be fair, everything we cook inside could probably be cooked outside. 
Yep. To be fair. Any type of meat <laughs> that I cook other than like say ground beef. You could uh, though, if you had to. I could. I just <laughs> don't have the desire. Uh, it's easier in the pan on the cooktop, but um, yeah, all the chicken, the pork, all the, all those things. And it's very versatile. You know, I've, I can make a whole breakfast out there. I can make breakfast sandwiches and assemble them right there at the Blackstone. Yeah. Stir fry. That's a good yep. thing we make out there. That's a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. About the only thing I can't do out there or never tried is boiling water in a pan, you know? Yeah. That new Blackstones, though, have the little thing on the side. You can get them with a little side burner, which we actually have a little camp stove Yeah. that we usually keep in the Jeep for, like, Jeep trail meals. Um, I have used that, like, during uh, to supplement making food for Thanksgiving. Um, I had my Blackstone going for something. I had the, a little pan on the camp stove. I had stuff going inside. I had the turkey and the <laughs> turkey fryer. It's just, it's all how you piece it together and make do. But I love cooking outside. I cook outside all the time. Yeah, it's. I think it's part of this, the fun thing about this lifestyle. Especially when you have a great view. So one thing I want to point out here at the end is, yes, some of this stuff sounds like a big pain in the butt. <laughs> but to be completely honest, when we end up buying a house again, if, you know, like we obviously will eventually, um, I don't see myself going crazy again with a big, all the kitchen appliances and all the things. This life is just easier. It's just easier to like have your one small drawer of your utensils that you need, you know, that you always use. I don't know. It's just easier to not have all the things. It's pretty rare for me to um, be making something and go to a drawer and say, dang it, I really could use this or that, you know, special or specific utensil i don't think we've ever said that i mean (laughs) maybe once or twice but then you know if it's something that i figured i would use repetitively i would go get it yeah 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 if we say that enough like we end up just buying it it's not like it's not like we can't get it um but if it was just for like a one-time thing i could do without it and i can make something else work yeah although you have bought some weird things like those little egg things (laughs) Egg so, sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I bought like the little, um, not like poached. Is it poached eggs? I not don't really know. poached eggs. It's just the little like silicone, silicone egg. Um, it's like a. It's almost like a cookie cutter type thing. Yeah, but it goes in the pan and keeps your egg round for sandwiches. Exactly, and that's why, because I I like to make breakfast sandwiches. Sometimes I make a bunch of them ahead of time and freeze them. <laughs> um, I thought that I could throw those down and throw some egg in it and make a bunch of the like the little eggs but they don't work that well and if you try to put if you put too much egg in it then it doesn't cook all the way so it ended up being more of a pain in the butt than they were worth (laughs) you could just stick the egg on your sandwich sometimes yeah (laughs) so sometimes we buy weird things uh still to this day but well it was cheap it's not like it was 20 bucks it was probably like two dollars yeah so it didn't work we ended up, I think we got rid of them, didn't we? We kept one. Kept we gave one. one to my mom. Okay. <laughs> For my yes, dad's So I bre- still have one. Yeah, you still have one, so you can still practice. Even though them. I made just a bunch of, I made six breakfast sandwiches the other day and didn't know what was in there. All right, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, That is all of our tips for cooking, grocery shopping, and all of that in a small kitchen. Next week, we're going to talk about five great harvest host locations and boondocker welcomes that we recommend. And the girls will be on that one as well. 
Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at The Fayolas. And please review this podcast in your podcasting app. It really helps us. Just give us five stars. Say we're awesome. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and it's like Mike Rowe says, leave us five stars whether you like it or not. Exactly. That's all you got to do. Just hit five stars. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Planning in a limited... limited, limited. Jeez. That felt good. <laughs> God, you're disgusting. Like, no, really, we do. Can you say that again? No. No. Mustard, like, why we literally have three added. <laughs> you're going to have to say that again. That sounded like a fart. What was that? She moved her bone or something? Yeah. <laughs>